Before we get started with worst team all defense, I want to remind you that the future is coming. In the future, hopefully you will listen to the worst team all defense podcast, but whatever your future is, you can make it brighter with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website, showcase your work, you can blog or publish content, even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. My fiance uses it for her yoga teaching. You can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers, and there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever head to squarespace.com for a free trial and make sure you use that code capspace to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain and let them know that you came from us so we should probably give credit to your current boss tim kawakami for coming up with this concept he was in print with this for years had to stop it this year because he's got too many editorial responsibilities but this is our second year doing this we want to continue in the same vein as we're calling this worst team all defense rather than first team all defense defense so we're going to talk about the players that we think have really defended extremely poorly this season but also give some people credit for being a little bit better than some might think uh and that don't deserve to be on this list or or players who used to be on this list and have improved a little bit this season so why don't we start with the linchpin of the defense the center position yeah and and one quick thing to mention just in terms of this rubric is we are not considering players who have like a small minute load often that's due to injuries or just because they have a small thing for first and second team they are absolutely in line for honorable mention should they be should they be there but it's just not fair especially for some of these guys it's such a small sample size so certain players Terry Parker are are helped out by that structure but I think that's the most fair way to do it yeah nothing gets our listeners psyched up like the word rubric at the start of a podcast (laughs) hey I know our listenership man (laughs) well considering that's like exactly what I call it when we do these uh I'll I'll take the blame for for that being in your head so let's just start with uh, some of our honorable mentions and you're more eligible for honorable mention if you're playing short minutes and so uh i will steal your thunder and nominate one king joffrey laverne yeah i mean not a great year for laverne not a big surprise either julia Okafor, you know defense is going to be a large part of why he might not be in the league anymore after this year and i want to give a kind of a special honorable mention to all of orlando centers because they have just really disappointed this year some of those guys aren't great defensively. Biombo we had high hopes for and hasn't really delivered when he took over for Vooch when Vooch got hurt. So I think adding those guys and then of course Most Bates who has been truly awful this year as he basically is every yeah, and, year. And, and think of how bad he is they, at center and then keep in mind that he's been playing power forward a lot of this year. Right. And then I, I'll give us a, a separate kind of honor because he didn't make first or second team to maybe the most disappointing defensive center. I'll do this for a lot of positions if I have one in mind and that would be Thon Maker. I thought he would have a much better year especially considering how well he played in the Toronto series and he just hasn't been that impactful this no he's one of the worst rpms uh, defensive rpms at the position uh also I think worth mentioning this year has been Marcus Gasol who really has fallen off as and I think the drudgery of being a grizzly this year has really started to affect him and he never had the greatest physical tools as he gets into his 30s and just has not a lot of good defensive execution around him uh, he clearly has fallen off uh DeMarcus Cousins would certainly win the worst at getting back on defense category if we had one and Nikola Jokic though he's not anywhere close to the bottom of this list does deserve mention here because he is really 
really plays so many minutes and just has not really been as good as they need him to be defensively in part because of his limited tools and Carl Anthony Towns you could put in the same oh and can I I want to make a point on Jokic because I've had some people getting my mentions about this there are two different elements so Jokic is higher in in defense for RPM and again not saying he's one of the worst centers in the league but RPM overrates him because of defensive rebounding I'm getting into this mold I know that it's in the box score prior because they think it's beneficial but my one of the interesting questions I'd love to talk with somebody who's smarter about this than I am is I think defensive rebounding as a concept is important but who gets the defensive rebound is less important like I'm thinking of Robin Lopez is a good example of this and I think Jokic benefits a lot in that area but also I've heard people say oh well he doesn't foul and that's true defending well without fouling is extremely valuable the Spurs are the prototype for this but defending poorly and not fouling is often a sign of much bigger problems Cleveland is a great example here as well and Denver is this too and so not fouling is certainly a good thing if you are in position you're making life hard on guys but if you're just not in the picture not fouling isn't a isn't a good indicator yeah another reason Jokic is so much higher than the RPM is because he gets some deflections and those matter obviously he gets steals but it's for a center at least but just not being able to be a deterrent at the rim not being able to move his feet and pick and roll defense it's difficult I mentioned Carl Anthony Towns uh Zach Randolph certainly has got to be right up there he would probably be number three overall for me if- oh see I have him at power forward oh well uh I think of him as more of a center I mean he's starting next to Scout like most of the time right and I don't think he's played much with Colley Stein well he played he played a lot with Colley oh, Stein early okay. in the year yeah he he's at I think 63 percent power forward I looked it up yeah because I knew he was going to make one of my teams so I had to figure out what position he was to play yeah. Well, and, and a lot of it is that these guys are kind of interchangeable at power forward and center for the Kings of who you want to say. But I think Randolph generally is going to guard the other team's center. So that, that's why I had him as a center, even if nominally he's playing more power forward, which I'm not, and I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with that designation anyway. But regardless, he's been awful this year defensively. But I'll get to uh, my second, second worst team all defense nomination. And that is, as much as it pains me to say it, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk really just can't move his feet at all anymore he still maintains a pretty good defensive rebounding which is nice but never was able to be a guy who could protect the rim at all if he ever gets into an ISO I mean he just can't even be on the floor at the end of games and that's even more of a liability now because there are fewer timeouts that you can use to go offense defense I mean we saw him get smoked at the end of the Houston game trying to guard or I'm sorry the end of the Cleveland game trying to guard LeBron off of switches he was on the floor for offense and then he gave up a, a game-winning three and pick and roll to Steph Curry and Dirk tries hard he's still got that KG strip move it's not his fault I, I feel bad putting him here o- over people who have better physical tools and just don't use them but the fact is that he just cannot move his feet he's been absolutely statuesque for the last five years and uh you know when you get to be around age 40 that doesn't tend to improve my second team is Kevin Love Love is in this awkward position because he's not a center he shouldn't be a rim protector and a big part of why Cleveland's defense has sucked this year it it, you could call that not his fault in a very different way with Dirk actually in a certain way Dirk also they should have they could have a rim protector next to him though that creates a whole bunch of other issues yeah because that guy has to be a power forward right I mean and and Love has 
some of the same issues right he's just right he's too slow to play power forward and he just you know he can't protect the rim at all as a center right and so cleveland has been pretty awful in that all year not not a deterrent when he you know teams just drive with impunity on cleveland so he exacerbates a lot of their issues on in terms of dribble penetration especially back when they had other players that are not currently on their team and so he doesn't clean up any messes and sometimes he creates some of his own love the reason why i have him second team and not first team is because he's still a capable defensive rebounder and you have sympathy for Dirk. i have sympathy for love because i think he's just he's not in the right spot and and he is the the Cavs defense is so many different people's problems so it's kind of like well yeah yeah i mean they've they've been bad this year and love is certainly a big factor in that but you know saying he is he is the reason is completely unfair because defense is a collaboration well i I had a little sympathy for love he has played 82 percent of his minutes at center this year per cleaning the glass if guys are being forced to play out of position i i tried to give them a little more especially at the small forward position which we'll get to i do think love at least on occasion is capable of getting out on the perimeter and moving his feet like he actually played some pretty good pick and roll defense against the raptors late in their win over the Cavs about a week ago or i'm sorry in the Cavs win over the raptors about a week ago so he's not quite at this level for me he's been a part of okay defenses back in the david blatt era as well so i think i think if you put dirk Nowitzki on the Cavs instead of kevin love i, I think they would be a little bit worse although obviously love is uh not too fantastic himself i will go with my first team worst team all defense nomination now and that is ennis Cantor of the new york knicks who finally has been getting enough playing time as a starter to really vault into uh the first team yeah that's fair i don't really have much opposition to it i i went with dirk on the first team oh oh sympathy. So it's not, i thought you were like arguing against me for dirk and yet you have even worse no 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 i was i was holding i was holding right now I, I agree with, with uh, uh, no i i had dirk and i i mean with canner he he's it's hard for me to talk about him because he's still bad in all the same ways he was bad on in oklahoma city it's just that now he's actually getting the playing time and surprise surprise the knicks aren't a great defense well and especially now that he doesn't have chris Stapps porzingis next to him to help clean up for his mistakes he's once again really getting exposed and I think being on a bad team, you kind of forget about how bad he actually is versus when on, he was on OKC and they're on TV all the time. He's playing these high leverage games. It was more obvious, but he hasn't gotten any better, especially on a, a really bad team. Still a valuable offensive player, of course. He at least is not in the absolute bottom. He's only 73rd out of 80 in centers uh in defensive rpm th- this year though of course that's not the end all be all and so who do you nominate for the so try to be a little more positive here the better than you think category so the first guy i think is, is the most important here is yusuf nurkic i still have trouble figuring out how to apportion credit for the blazers defensive success this year but opponents have not shot well at the rim overall this year nurkic can certainly rebound as well and he has been a you know a pretty solid deterrent this year i think he's on the he's better this year than he was last year in that range as well so i don't think he gets talked about much i certainly don't think he should i somebody mentioned to me that there was an argument that he should be all defense i don't agree with that considering the strength above him but he is certainly better than people think and the other one i mentioned just because sometimes the rpm style stats can underrate him because he doesn't get rebounds is, is robin lopez but he hasn't really been great this year i just think that this is again it's the gap between perception and reality not how good or bad the player actually is yeah i actually had nurkic as my guy who had improved a lot this year um but 
but yeah, he was on he was on my list there too. Not number one. Yeah, but my two better than you think are uh, Zaza Pachulia, who's still. I mean, he he's got a lot of defensive talent around him, but I mean the numbers have been good for him going back years and years to when he played on Dallas and Milwaukee, some teams that weren't amazing defensive talent around him. Um, you know, he looks totally ground bound, but he's an excellent box out guy and rebounder. And given his limited physical tools, he's a pretty decent pick and roll defender. Not going to protect the rim at all, obviously, but he can take some charges. And then the other one who used to just be awful and then in large part due to the Spurs system has really improved since he arrived there is Pau Gasol. I mean, we saw him have a really nice effect against Houston last year. He's been one of the best rim protectors in the NBA because he partially because he never leaves the area of the rim. Now you put him out there against a team like the Warriors and he's just going to get trucked like he did in the West Finals last year. But uh, I think for a guy who is viewed as like one of the worst in the NBA for a while, they've been able to get some pretty decent performances out of him. We'll hop back into the negative with the players who are worse or by the largest degree versus their popular perception. And to me, there are two guys in this conversation. One of them, it's because of an outdated reputation. That's DeAndre Jordan. You could also throw yeah. Marcus Ole here, but you and I have been ripping his defense all year that I think you do that. But DeAndre just hasn't been that impactful this year. Still a dominant defensive rebounder. I have stated my misgivings with that being valued the way that it is, but it is still important, obviously, that ends the possession. And not as good a rim protector. The switch elements of it, of course, are limited with him. And then the other guy, I'm not saying he's bad. This is, again, it's perception versus that is. I've, for a couple of years now, been very interested in the Pistons' defensive struggles. And Andre Drummond does, has has elements that he has improved. And I think that, you know, I, I certainly want to give him credit for that. But the people who think that he's like a, you know, a top five or anything like that defensive player at his position, I think that's really overstated. Not as good a deterrent at the rim as you would expect. Wonderful defensive rebounder. Again, solid on switches, but not amazing. And so I just think for him, it's it's not about him being bad. It's just the perception versus reality. Mine uh, is Mason Plumley, who will often come in as a defensive replacement. Oh, God. Uh, and, but I mean, if you just look at, for example, how much better Portland has gotten on defense, swapping him out for Yusuf Nurkic, uh, I think that is, uh, that's pretty telling. And Plumley has not been able to help Denver's bench defense this year, which has been horrendous. And just, you know, he, he could move his feet and like if he gets into position, affect shots every once in a while, but not a good pick and roll defender. He kind of runs around, uh, without a plan a lot of the time so he, he's one that really sticks out to me um all right we'll get to the rest of the positions in a moment here but this weekend of course is the final four and you're going to need to be ready to see whether loyola can advance to the championship game of ncaa march madness make sure your fridge isn't empty by the half swing by walmart before every round and stock up on coca-cola coke zero sugar and powerade maybe even in between the games this week coca-cola is the official fan refreshment of the ncaa if you're ready to watch all the games by picking up coca-cola and powerade all tourney long ncaa march madness isn't just one game it's a whole tournament so make sure you're ready refresh every round by heading to walmart to pick up coca-cola coke zero sugar and powerade let's change it up here a little bit let's go for the point guards next uh, because I, I think point guards get a lot more of attention maybe than they deserve just because they're right at the the point of attack but there definitely are a, a lot of opinions out there for them so who are some of your honorable mentions here i was surprised to find out that alfred payton 
Newton has the worst defensive rating of the year of anybody who's played. I think it was more than 40 games and more than 20 minutes per game is the way that I defined it. Again, defensive rating can be built on a lot of other failings, but I was I was surprised by that given his reputation. We've talked well, about can, can we Rondo talk about Peyton so much momentarily? I mean, these sure. numbers have been pretty consistent throughout the course of his career. And I remember as a rookie, I was like, oh man, this guy is a shark. Like he's getting to all these balls uh, as a steals guy that you just don't see. Like he was really causing problems in that particular aspect. Obviously he didn't really, it wasn't that good as a pick and roll defender and, and executing, but you figured with this kind of talent, he could get there. And that simply just hasn't been the case. And you know, when the numbers are this bad over this long of a period, I mean, you can't reach any conclusion other than that he's just not delivering. And maybe that's just because he's been in some bad defensive ecosystems that hasn't had any kind of big men behind him whatsoever but he's had different coaches he's had different personnel around him and the numbers have always been really bad tank commander emmanuel moutier has had a a rough defensive year both in denver and in new york it's interesting that a few of these guys have changed teams over the course of the season and a lot of them have struggled in both places which is a good little sign our friend rajon rondo has a completely he might be still somehow he might still be the most overrated defensive point guard in the league just because he's not good anymore and the now i'm looking at drew and anthony davis together five point worst defensive rating when rondo's on versus when rondo's off and it's not like they have a bunch of studs replacing him it's just that they're not yeah uh, i'm gonna pull a you and foreshadow that rishon rondo was not an honorable mention for me yeah oh and i want to tell a quick story so somebody got into my mentions a couple days ago with this stat that d'angelo russell has his the people he guards have a lower uh, one of the lowest points per possession on pick and rolls and i a i thought that was kind of stupid but b i went okay i'll look at some of this so he's there were 153 possessions that had ended in either a shot or an assist i watched 50 of them and his defense sucked a lot of the misses came when the help defense that had to come because russell was a mile behind the screen made a good contest like damari carroll had some jared allen had some some were just like lonzo ball and these other rookie point guards like frank mason missing shots so yes statistics can provide some value here but context is massively massively important yeah and a lot of times even you know this was like Kyrie Irving last year right and to a lesser extent this year but where if every pick and roll that you're in just has to result in a switch because you're not getting over the screen and the center has no choice but to just pick the guy up yeah your numbers might not actually look that bad uh in that as the primary pick and roll defender but you're still totally compromising the defense and issues end up occurring there for the overall integrity of the team defense or just because the switch guy ends up getting beat um few others that, that i noted here i mean and, and russell would certainly be on the first or second team for me if he had just played more uh this year i think he's at like right at like 40 games right now so it's hard to say that he's hurt his team more defensively than some of these other guys uh in the same vein as we would talk about you know a first team all nba or a first team all defense we do it the same way here um you mentioned jamal murray yet no but we should yeah murray is a little bit better this year at least and, and i don't know whether he's actually better or just teams aren't going at him as much we haven't seen teams just go right at him in an iso this season but and he at least has made some strides as a help defender you know i think he's gonna get to maximizing his talent eventually but certainly he has not been a, a part of that he and Jokic have been one of the more flammable pick and roll defense combos in the nba he's not really that great at getting over screens and while he's got decent height he doesn't have incredible 
incredibly long arms or quick feet so and statistically one of the worst in defensive rpm in the nba i originally had isaiah thomas on one of my teams then realized he exactly fits the injury requirement so i mean he's been awful this year coming back from a hip yeah. issue i res- i acknowledge that but he's also been awful in prior uh, years i mean i so will say doesn't for him, qualify for first i will say for him he at least tries to get over screens at the point of attack you know like he's he's sure. obviously you know he's too small he can't do anything in help defense if he gets posted up i mean like rajon rondo was posting him up the other day you know i mean there's obviously big time issues there and, and now he's he's injured of course but uh i think he at least deserves credit for trying which is more than you can say for some of the guys on this list in in pick and roll defense yeah i'm okay with that where else were you gonna go anybody else you did, feel did you say uh any i i, I i'm <laughs> <laughs> oh man we're just on fire today uh did you say jordan clarkson yet oh i considered him a two ah okay fair but, enough yeah it's uh but yeah he he's up there it's not a surprise oh he will be he will he will be mentioned <laughs> it's not, not a surprise to me that and it probably is better to put him as a two frankly um i i think i just w- was going through the rpm rankings and just like wrote put him down without really thinking about it so yeah i'll, I'll move him over to the two category but it's not a not a coincidence that the lakers have played much better since his departure we'll put it that yeah i wonder if lakers fans are still gonna cape for him now that he's doing the same stuff somewhere else so i'll i'll start off with the uh first and second i'll start with second team dennis schroeder is one of the biggest disappointments for me as somebody who followed him in the draft prospect process went from germany it was all about physical potential for me with him i thought he was going to be so much better schroeder does not have consistency of effort or of execution and again not he is not the reason why the hawks defense has been so underwhelming this year but he sure as hell has not helped it yeah he was my number three overall pick rondo was number two for me my biggest fr- uh, there's two big frustrations i have with him one is he's another one of these guys where if you run a pick and roll with him and you're just going to get forced into a switch he always finds a way to just swipe at the ball and every once in a while he get a steal but he takes himself totally out of position instead of just trying to compete and rear view you know so many times he'll get picked off and then instead of just trying to compete and run after the guy he'll just kind of like swipe at him try to knock the ball away from behind and then just be totally behind the play and so far behind the play that even if the center has to come out and get his guy then he's way he's way behind on the late switch as the guy who just picked him rolls to the basket so that's really bad uh for a guy who has the long arms and he's he's not like a skinny weak guy his defense in the post is absolutely pathetic like every single time he just backs out of the way and tries to just swipe at the ball and provides zero physical resistance whatsoever I mean anyone who tries to get in the post on him he just like doesn't try to like push against him he just backs away tries to pull the chair every time swipe at the ball and it very rarely works and then he just will give up a layup I mean there's he doesn't even like give enough resistance that the help can get there like one hard dribble from the guy and he just kind of backs away tries to reach in misses and then just gives up a layup or, or a nice easy hook shot or something like that I'm not entirely sure I might have missed it at the beginning if you were talking about Rondo or German Rondo there but I think most of it applied to both of them <laughs> No, this is this is Rondo. Shooter, shooter was, was three for American me, yeah. Rondo. Uh, so and then my worst team, all defensive point guard is Dennis Smith Jr. Oh yeah, he, he was your and first there, team. There wasn't also. much hesitation yeah. for me. Absolutely, uh, I would have had Russell as that worse be... than him, but Smith has played a lot more than Russell has. He Dennis Smith has, and he has the physical potential to get better, but gets lost all the time. Off ball, on ball, it doesn't really matter, and he doesn't use that athleticism 
to really impact plays that often, whether that's getting into guys, recovery, either in terms of blocks or just getting back in front of his player. So I still think Smith can improve. There are parallels to a lot of guys that just need, especially as a young point guard, who still need time to figure it out. But Smith has been truly awful this year. First first team, worst all defense. Yeah, Smith, pretty short arms for his size. His closeouts are not good. You know, he'll always, he'll stop like pretty short on these closeouts, not actually run guys off the line. Uh, and that matters because he almost never is the the principal guy guarding the other team's best ball handler i mean there's uh, on that same play that i was talking about with dirk at the end of the mavericks game he was on curry and he just like turned around and started pointing and desperately trying to get yogi ferrell to go up and guard curry instead which i'm sure that's what he was told to do but he's been told to do that because he really sucks at, at on ball pick and roll defense there is hope for him as you said i think like when he actually engages and gets into a stance he can get around screens and, and compete now one of his big problems is is especially if the ball is coming at him he's just too late to get into a stance too late to get into the ball he just doesn't react quickly enough and then he just ends up getting picked off because he he's not in a stance and he's just too far away from the ball handler then he's stuck trying to like go under the screen and catch up to the guy or just getting completely picked off so that's really ugly he does have nice acceleration to get to loose balls you know he has some decent anticipation for steals i think he can be an okay-ish help defender digging down swiping at the ball but for this year especially considering how much he's played it's been awful superlative time better than people think wait wait no no hold on that is not a superlative that is a a superlative would be best so if we're saying better i said better better. or worse then that's that is not technically a superlative let's check the rubric for seeing uh you know how how these work Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) better than people better than people think i was surprised these are both young guys lonzo ball not a perfect defender but better in the team concept than I anticipated. His rebounding has been impressive as well. And then Tyus Jones, it's more that he's just not talked about for his defense, but I've really liked what Jones does on that end. It's also the juxtaposition with Jeff Teague, who hasn't been great on defense this year. But both those guys, I just think it needs to be a bigger part of what we talk about with them. And Lonzo still needs to get a better jump shot, but the defense has been very, very encouraging. Yeah, I mean, obviously these are nebulous about, you know, who is you and we're talking about better than you think. But considering that Lakers fans are thinking he's going to be like the point guard version of Draymond which basically if you're a point guard can't exist uh unless you're like Ben Simmons size I think his defense is getting talked about plenty although it has been been very good I think he's getting a, a reasonable amount of credit especially because there's this rush since his scoring has been disappointing to justify his pick and so people are like looking for other things and really focusing in on his defense which again as I said has been outstanding he's number three in defensive RPM among point guards Tyus Jones whom you mentioned is number two I had Damian Lillard who this year I think has taken a real step forward he's tougher to back down in the post than people think that's always been the case but this year he's actually starting to get around screens a little bit more Portland's defense this is really the first year that they've had a solid defense and especially considering his offensive load that's been outstanding uh, for him to be able to at least get to being passable and part of a good defense which was not particularly the case before and then another guy who is supposed to be absolutely horrendous coming over from Europe was Milos Teodosic they've actually played better defense with him on the court although part of that is getting lucky on opponent jump shooting particularly long twos but he's actually tried i mean there have been games where he's actually done some things that are decent you know he, he played some pretty good pick and roll defense in concert with boban in the boban game in denver a few weeks ago so he doesn't have many physical tools and if you iso him i'm sure he would get worked but he hasn't just been a completely hopeless sieve and maybe that's due to some of the competition he has for playing time in the backcourt and also is considering that he's been injured 
he's put in a better performance than I thought. Like he has not been one of the absolute worst point guards in the NBA this season. And that was much better than people were expecting, including me. On the other side, players that I think are underperforming relative to their reputation. Alfred Payton, we already talked about. A guy who, who looks athletic and is athletic, but doesn't really use it as much. And then Eric Bledsoe just isn't as good as he used to be. Sort of like John Wall, except Eric Bledsoe's played more than John Wall this year. And then my for, my former college, not, not teammate, because obviously it wasn't the same time. Russell Westbrook is still intensely overrated on oh, defense. God. He can defensive rebound, but gets lost all the time. And I think we're going to see more of that this year in the playoffs, that the margins are going to be so tight. We don't obviously know where OKC is going to be, but I assume they're going to get challenged in a lot of different ways. And so those three guys kind of fit some of the archetypes of like look, looking like defenders and then in Bledsoe's case, having been a very good defender, but just not being at that level now. Yeah, I had Peyton as uh, the worst than you think guy also and then improved this year Kyrie Irving now worth noting that this is all relative right and the numbers are still much worse with him on the floor plus 4.1 per 100 worse with him on the floor uh and there's nothing nothing fluky about like opponent three-point shooting or anything that's causing that the one thing that I think he's uh, he's improved at two things I mean he still isn't good at getting over screens but he's not like the absolute worst in the league anymore and they've defended at it he hasn't just single-handedly killed their defense and also maybe part of his performance in Cleveland considering how bad they've been without him you know maybe he was less of the problem than we thought he was uh and then also like transition defense he used to be really bad in transition defense uh, they've gotten better uh, this year uh but still worth noting that he actually is worse in defensive rpm this year among point guards than he was last year last year 67th this year he is 83rd um I, I would guess some of that is the the difference in terms of replacements yeah I mean having Rozier and and all that kind of stuff the yeah other, and Marcus two were Kyrie too, yeah. and yeah and Damian Lillard because I think Lillard has improved yeah. a lot this year so diff- so those those are my two yeah yeah it, better than you think and improved this year seemed to be overlapping a little bit maybe that wasn't the greatest uh th- those could be a little bit redundant uh let's talk shooting guards here oh I have a lot of guys here <laughs> well I shall cede the floor to you in that case I think we have to start on the honorable mentions with Jamal Crawford Jamal Crawford hasn't played enough minutes to fit in third worst defensive rating on the qualifications I talked about before part a big part of the reason why Minnesota bench units have had these just abysmal defenses even though Tyus Jones has done a pretty good job I, I just think Crawford he's not he wasn't ever particularly good but he's a lot he's worse now as he ages well Nick and, Young and, and quickly on camp. Crawford sure go ahead he is dead last he's an incredible negative 5.45 defensive RPM among shooting guards and for comparison Rudy Gobert leads the NBA this season with a 5.30 defensive RPM so Jamal Crawford has been deemed worse worse in defensive rpm than rudy gobert is good i don't think that's really true but that's also a, a pretty ridiculous stat nick young came into camp corpulent and has gotten slightly less but has still does not understand what the warriors want to do defensively every once in a while he plays with a little bit more fight but still awful shabazz muhammad is on the elite list where he was so bad at defense he couldn't play anymore so i think that deserves a credit honorable mention that's back when he was on minnesota with some of those truly awful lineups that were out there jordan Clarkson you talked about a little bit with point guards just a terrible defender has been for a long time and then he's been injured so he doesn't get qualification for the first two teams Zach Levine not a good defender hasn't ever been a good defender that's all I really need to say I think you hit basically uh all mine except uh Alex Abrinas who's they've desperately needed his shooting you didn't say him did you I didn't and I also didn't say his bearded brother Marco Bellinelli who has also been pretty awful defensively this year Abrinas though has been 
most disappointing that because they so desperately needed someone who could make a shot and if he could even just be passable defensively he would have played so much more this year i still think they probably should give him more time than they do but uh, nonetheless um tim hardaway jr did you mention him i didn't have him on my list okay well he is uh he's he's not great he's not great i just had so many other guys that i'm like yeah no i mean there definitely are a lot of just like no defense types but i'll get to my uh, that you know he he wasn't in consideration for me it was just honorable mention um Lou Williams is my second team guy, third to last in defensive RPM among shooting guards. Doesn't start, but certainly plays plenty of minutes to qualify here. And he's had an unbelievable offensive season, but just any kind of post up, any kind of pick and roll, he's just not going to get over it. And we saw like Mo Harkless basically personally author a 10-0 run against him in the post. So it's really tough because he's got to hide because he can't guard the ball. And then if the person has any kind of skills in the post, they're just going to beat him up pretty badly not really a, a worthwhile help defender doesn't really rebound at all i mean just doesn't do any of the things defensively and it's a little disappointing because he has so much quickness offensively although that's more kind of straight line quickness as opposed to lateral but just not a guy who spends much time in a defensive stance when he's out there and that hasn't been helped by the fact that so many games this year he basically because you know for whatever reason you're not allowed to start lou williams although that is going to get him another six man award he comes in with six minutes left in the first quarter and then a lot of times we'll just play 18 straight minutes so that's not helping his defensive effort very much either especially when he has to create so much offensively i forgot to mention him because i originally had him second team and then moved him to honorable mention with lou williams getting my second team i'll echo what you said jr smith has had a massively disappointing year yeah. again there are a million different reasons why the Cavs have sucked this year but i moved him down because lou williams is just a worse defender and you know he is justified in the minutes and the praise that he gets because of that offense and offense is more important than defense especially the position he plays but lou williams has been awful on that end so i'll let you do number one i'm guessing we're gonna have the same person but i'm excited to see it is it the 99th ranked shooting guard in defensive rpm devin booker yes it is i'll give booker a slight bit of credit that on ball he hasn't been so bad and i'll also say it's mitigating because they have nobody else on this team who knows what the hell they're doing defensively uh, unless jared dudley and tyson chandler play which is pretty rare that said booker his help defense is just a complete disaster all the numbers have been bad for his entire career they've never defended even close to passably with him on the floor and while he certainly has missed time recently they are on path to being the worst offense and the worst defense in the nba and uh booker certainly deserves some uh credit shall we say for uh that awful defense yeah, there are a lot of parallels between the Suns and the Cavs in terms of apportioning blame, but Devin Booker hasn't, he hasn't helped in any in any way, shape, or form, so I certainly think it's fair to include him. Let's move on to whatever these other ones are called, because you objected to the term I used. Better than people think, this is not one where the player has a reputation, but I think he deserves more praise for his defense, and that's Royce O'Neal. I've loved what he has done this year with Utah, and he deserves more credit, so I'm mentioning him. Yeah, I mean, he's not out there for his offense. He's shooting, like, under under 20% from three since the all-star break I would go with uh Luke Kennard although I still he he and uh Daylon or Delon Wright are the guys who the emphasis of their pronunciation screws me up the most uh so I apologize if I got that wrong but the numbers have been just fine for him defensively as like a relatively slow guy who didn't get a lot of blocks or steals there was a thought that he would be awful and he's certainly not like some kind of a stopper but he really his help defense his execution it has been better than anticipated uh 
worse than you think i nominated Corey brewer who's back in the spotlight now with okc brewer has, has a ton of length has a, a lot of height runs around a lot and doesn't ever actually really stop his man brewer's a good choice i mentioned jared smith just because i think yeah. right it's still a little bit behind he he was such an, a nice part defensively of their 2016 championship and then that's just completely fallen off and one who i i think it's more again that his perception is ahead of where he's actually been this year chris middleton has yeah. disappointed yeah. me defensively this year so yeah there's a lot of bucks on that list for me yeah, i i had for, middleton actually, as a, for a i had middleton reasons. as a small forward that's the only reason uh, uh on my small forward worse than you think improved this year i went with james yeah, harden me too he is just not terrible right now and d'antoni and the rockets moria as well deserve just i mean the way that they've been able to make the system fit better with him but also have the right personnel a switch heavy approach cannot work without the right guys and getting pj tucker and bob mute using Ariza, another guy who's really fallen off trevor Ariza, i could have mentioned him in terms of reputation but oh wait i did in the small forge <laughs> yes um, so did i but <laughs> <laughs> i jumped my own ah! but anyway but but so harden has he's just not as bad as he used to be which is massive and and it has really helped the rockets defense which i believe the last time i checked it was actually fifth which is remarkable yeah and for harden you mentioned the the amount of switching that they've done that has protected him I and mean, they used to switch before but now they've got better guys to to do that with it and they're really switching one through five uh pretty much in all situations and for harden that place is strengths in a couple of ways one he's just a fucking tank down there and it's really hard to back down in the post and number two when other players have switched then he's able to help he's a, a pretty solid help defender in part because he just doesn't really like to leave the lane and so i've experienced this as a pickup basketball player as i've gotten older it's like i'm a good help defender because i just kind of stand out in the middle of the lane i don't really like to move that much um and harden like kind of falls into that same category uh you know still can struggle closing out on guys we haven't seen teams really focus in on attacking him facing the basket making him move laterally but especially protecting him from ever having to get around a screen has been uh very helpful and certainly the effort has been better i'd put demar Derozan in that category as well i think he takes baby steps forward every year still not a solid defensive player but you don't see just the awful plays that you used to from him all right we'll get to the small forward position which we have some interesting thoughts on momentarily but let's talk about squarespace if you're ready to start your new business as uh, my fiance did although it's not new anymore uh, when she was starting she made it stand out with squarespace they've got beautiful templates created by world-class designers squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website whether it's showcasing your work your services publishing content selling products squarespace lets you customize everything from the look and feel to the settings and the products optimized for mobile right out of the box and they've got good analytics too that can help you grow in real time see what your traffic looks like there's nothing to install patch or upgrade ever it's a way to create a website even if you're not like some awesome programmer you can make a site that looks pretty good nonetheless and if you're not particularly technically inclined they do have 24 7 award-winning customer support to help as well head to squarespace.com to get your free trial when you're ready to launch use that familiar offer code capspace that'll save you 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain that's squarespace.com use the offer code capspace and let them know that you came from us so i was actually as i went through it surprised by how few really bad full-time small forwards were out there i was too i actually mentioned this to you last night when i was putting my list together that i had some real real struggles with it and it's also hard because it's a position where if you're a truly bad defender unlike at the at the two because there's so many talented offensive players who can just stay on the floor because of that at the three if all you are is 
offense, you're probably moving to another position or you're not staying on yeah, the floor. Yeah, or, or you're, yeah, not staying on the floor because you're probably like a backup. You know, like Doug McDermott here is an honorable mention, but he doesn't play enough because he really can't play enough. You know, and it's tough to be a bad defender at small forward because usually then you can't guard the best wing player on the other team. And whoever is at shooting guard probably doesn't have the size to guard the best wing player on the other team. Now, not every team has a great wing player that you have to deal with as much. And that's when you might see, you know, someone like a McDermott close the game. But if you've got LeBron James or you've got Kevin Durant on the other team, you know, you can't put someone like McDermott on there. And so my uh, honorable mention, I had McDermott, Denzel Valentine playing out of position. I also, I also really though was a little more lenient here because there's a lot of guys like Etwan Moore, for example, he's a, a decent defender at the two. He's just totally overmatched in size at the three, but I took a little pity on him, even though he looks really bad in, in some of the RPM metrics as a small forward this year you know he's really he's playing out of position you know that's it's not necessarily his fault there it's just that there aren't that many small forwards around the league to begin with so that's uh i didn't include him i really went with the guys who have you know got to really be like you know six 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 seven or above for me to start uh getting on you about not being a good defense small forward a couple guys in terms of low minute totals chandler parsons just hasn't been good defensively when he's been on the floor not exactly a surprise considering all the hellish issues and then Abdul Nader, we brought him up a couple times recently just because he looks lost out there. And I don't think of Nader personally as an NBA rotation player, but, you know, he hasn't been good on defense, so I'm going to mention him for honorable mention. Darius Miller is maybe another one, too, who comes to mind. Just doesn't have the athleticism to be that quality of an option at the three. Um, yeah. Oh, I have one more I want to mention. I would say he qualifies as my most disappointing defender this year, so that makes him an honorable mention because I don't think he's as bad as the guys I have for one and two. Wilson Chandler, I really hoped that he could be a bigger positive force for the Nuggets this year, but I still think of him as a more capable defender than the guys I have on first and second team. So I, I, I'm sad about that because he could have really helped, but it's kind of a different thing. TJ Warren also is up there for me, a guy who can display some quick feet on occasion, but just a, as part of this Suns team, help defense is not there. Consistent effort is not there from him. And uh, that's about it, though. This is not that large of a universe. So I'm going to go with my second team this is gonna be controversial and my second team worst small forward is regular season lebron james that's an interesting call i mean lebron is certainly not elevating his team i I think that's inarguable then the question is how big of a detriment is he beyond that and i I, it's an interesting argument i'd like to hear you make it a little bit so this is my thought and maybe this is just reactionary to the fact that cleveland has been so bad this year i mean you know certainly if you wanted to throw out some other guy here and put him in LeBron's place maybe they'd be even worse but my theory number one is his lack of effort there's just no way to make anyone accountable on that defense if LeBron who is their best defensive player has the most defensive tools on their team just isn't trying hard enough and he's not you know and he's been unbelievable on offense you know maybe you could say it's not his fault maybe you can say it's not his fault that he's the best player defensively they don't have enough around him but because he doesn't get back, he'll complain to the refs. Uh, if someone takes a bad shot, he'll suck. I mean, he had this one where Jordan Clarkson pulled up for an awful three and bricked it off the backboard in the Miami game. And James just like never moved to get back on defense. It was like 15 seconds before he got back and they ended up scoring on him. There are just so many of those plays. And because he just everything in the organization takes its cue from him, I'm not sure that it's possible to have good regular season 
defense with the way that he has been there and again this is probably more reaction to how bad cleveland has been overall he's going to kick it up in the playoffs he wouldn't be on this list if he played at playoff intensity the whole time but for me it's more about just the detrimental effect that it has of him not trying defensively and it just pervading the entire defensive culture of the team he's he's in such a key role that there's really no way to get around the fact that he is not trying defensively and there's just no way to make anyone else try if he's not trying okay i think that's respectable i didn't i i had him somewhere else in this conversation but i will uh so my my second team and i felt guilty about this because i don't think it's his fault but i had tj warren yeah. there warren to me is a four but he just hasn't been good defensively he's a three this year and that's been i don't know that he really position, has so. the size even to be a four defensively i mean i think he, he's a four offensively because he can't shoot at all but i think he really is i, I don't know like size wise you know what is he like, it's like six seven and like 215 or something like that's just that's a three yeah, i guess that's true i always i guess i think of those kind of shorter strong guys as fours that's just yeah. the way i do but you're, you're right that that there are limitations there uh but warren probably would have been number three for me so i certainly understand why you picked him my worst team all defense small forward is boyan bogdanovich again i feel a little bit bad picking him but if you look at starting small forwards he is probably the most limited athletically of any of them they have victor oladipo but boyan has really been the guy who's had to guard a lot of the best small forwards and he's tried more than in past years but just it does not have the physical capability to guard most of those players the pacers defense has been getting better recently you know he hasn't been killing them picking him is more an artifact of most starting small forwards just are not that bad defensively i get that i had a lot of sympathy for bogdanovich because he's put in an untenable situation and i think if he were and and so my first team and this player is much improved over prior seasons but i think if boyan were put in the position that andrew wiggins is in when especially when jimmy butler plays i think he would do a better job and wiggins so one one good kind of point on this is that the with all other things you know all other things aren't equal but when wiggins has played with jimmy butler and obviously jimmy butler is guarding the other team's better player the wolves have a defensive rating about 104 when wiggins plays without jimmy butler that can be either when he was you know when they staggered them or now that he's been out 114.4 so basically what happens is he just can't take on that larger responsibility which is basically the responsibility that bogdanovich has so i am i i guess i'm more sympathetic to the bogdanovich in that way wiggins is much better than than and he's you know the flashes have certainly been more frequent and that is great and i could certainly see him not being on this in next year but to me when he has he has a smaller responsibility than a lot of these guys do because of jimmy butler and he hasn't delivered no it's funny i actually had wiggins as improved this year he has improved yeah and (laughs) i think there have been plays where you see him give superlative effort level now is that totally consistent no it isn't but I think a, a lot of the issues that the Wolves have had defensively come from just their bench being so, so bad. You know, we've mentioned that their starters really are not that terrible. And so expecting him to carry a bench unit defensively is a little bit too much. But uh, I mean, I think he's been better getting over screens. You know, the Wolves do not really switch very much. So Wiggins has got to get over screens. He's got a little bit more effort as a help defender protecting the room. He still has a long way to go there. But uh, I don't think he deserves a worse team uh, all defense uh, at this point. But uh, uh, certainly the numbers are, are not great in that regard for Wiggins. Oh, one honorable mention I forgot to to put in there. Josh Jackson has had some flashes again, but hasn't had a great year either. I feel like every Phoenix Sun should be on here somewhere. So Josh Jackson. Yeah. And on Wiggins, he is 80th in defensive RPM uh, among small forwards. So that sounds great. All right, let's finish up with the power 
surfboards. Oh no, we need to do oh, the, yeah. the extra. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Worse, worse than you think about anything. Sorry, because uh, I, I went to improve this here, and that was below all the other ones. Uh, yeah. Who'd you have for better than you think? Joe Ingles. Yeah, that's a good one. I should have uh, picked him. He totally fails the eye test, but is a s- successful defender in their team concept. And you know, sometimes he actually gets more challenging assignments. I think he does a good job of executing, contesting, helping when he, necessary, making the right rotation. He's better on smaller players, I think, than than guys his right. size actually yeah that was true in the Clippers series as well I remember that he did a particularly good job then yeah I mean he wasn't like shutting down Chris Paul but he I mean he executes he's a decent contained guy um he's actually not as physical as you might expect for an Australian um you know I've seen guys be able to kind of go through him a little bit more than would be expected when he's got a a bigger stronger matchup to deal with mine was Kyle Anderson who we derided going back a couple years ago to Greg Popovich like putting him in at the end of a quarter to guard Kevin Durant and KD scored on him and that actually ended up costing them a game in that series spurs thunder and anderson if you really get him out in space he's going to be slow but his hands are unbelievable uh he's got that seven four wingspan plays a lot of power forward too but he's a fair amount of, of small forward and with Kawhi leonard out he the numbers are good for him in terms of rpm with him defending on the floor the spurs defense has still been solid this year and against all but the quickest guys i think he's able to be relatively effective uh, as a, a defender at small forward sometimes power forward um and given how slow he is it's impressive what he's been able to deliver i had anderson as my most imp- as improved this yeah. year for that for that reason basically and for my worse than people think i had a group of four one of them wilson Chandler. i already talked about how disappointing he's been this year regular season lebron james yep. i think he's been more destructive than the credit kevin durant i think it's oh, more yeah. just because of that hyperbole early in the season possession by possession he's he's not a dominant defender he can be in the playoffs when he steps it up but it's just not there and on, on that cover basis and then wait, the wait. one i mentioned before Charlie yeah Lisa. yeah durant are you saying that the 70th small forward in defensive rpm like shouldn't be in the defensive player of the year conversation i guess it depends on how big a conversation you want to have yeah, but, but, but they, they've just been worse would... yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right uh, they, they've just been so much worse with him off the floor or i'm sorry with him on the floor this year and he hasn't played as much power forward but he's got a lot of weaknesses he can get ducked in on uh the help when he gets there is very impressive but it's not there often enough especially in the last couple of months or so just his rotations have not been as on point and he can't get over a screen well, and, to save his life and his transition defense is often just awful like he has these possessions where he just it's not even necessarily getting back that's the problem just losing guys yeah. sometimes somebody he's tracking somebody and then all of a sudden he's standing still and the other person is at the basket getting a layup all right now we'll move on to power forward no shortage here i, I would say between I, like what position do you think has the worst defenders probably power forward is two, up there two guard yeah i mean yeah it's two two and four or or i guess i guess we could say yeah two and four i think that's probably right of like what where is there the biggest spread between the best and worst guys uh but there also really aren't that many great defensive power forwards a- anymore either not that there were so much to begin with uh, i mean back when power forward was you know you had to be a stout post defender and rebounder when you could have like a charles oakley type or a horace grant type who could be a power forward you know i think the defensive power forward w- was a little bit better now uh you know guys like that would be small ball centers or, or you know just overall less valuable um here's some of my honorable mentions Jamari parker uh sorry uh you, that's, <laughs> that's that's called a callback by the way uh because because we're like professional and, and the only reason now. the only reason jabari parker is not on this is because he didn't play yeah um others i mean a lot of these offense first power forwards are right on there joe johnson who basically is a power forward he killed the jazz defense oh, yeah. this year he is the super weak link in that rockets defense 
I expect him, if he plays in the playoffs, to be just mercilessly exploited because they don't have a lot of other places to go at. Um, Kyle Kuzma has been a big problem defensively for the Lakers in uh, his rookie season. Trey Lyles, another kind of similar player to Kuzma, a skilled four who makes his living offensively, likes to shoot the ball, and then you know just doesn't really isn't able to defend. I think Lyles might be even worse than Kuzma. Uh, who else you got here? I, I've got a few more, but I'll break it up here. Frank Kaminsky, yes, second to last, and Kaminsky, in defensive RPM among power forwards. He's been he's been special because he's been bad at two positions. He's been <laughs> awful defensively at center but is so bad defensively at center that he can't play there and plays power forward instead hazonia hasn't been great he i think he's been better than in prior years and it definitely fits better as a power forward and beasley just you know michael beasley it's not a big surprise that he just gets lost sometimes and, and bounces around a little bit and then it, ryan anderson hasn't played a ton he's been dealing with physical stuff but it certainly has not been an inspiring defensive year from him i think he's actually been better this year i had him under my improved just because he's a little slimmer the switching is a little bit better than i it had been he could be improved and still not be good that is that is the case uh another one for me bobby portis last in defensive yep. rpm does not we talked about him in the bulls prospect review but not good in conventional pick and roll defense not quick enough to get out on shooters when he's playing the four can't switch can't have the explosion to protect the rim as a center really doesn't do much of anything well defensively other than maybe rebound um so that's pretty much my list of honorable mentions power four is anyone else you wanted to get to no but i'm excited about this because i know one of your two guys because i'm sure it's going to be one of my own but my other player you've already mentioned in another category so i have genuinely no idea where you're going okay well second team i had marquis chris that's fair okay i yeah i didn't i i should have mentioned him an honorable mention but yeah that's a good place to go and actually like the numbers haven't been quite as bad for him there he's only 41st this year in defensive rpm where he's been way down at the bottom but other than blocking a shot runs around he's also been miscast having to play some center with all their injuries at center this year but just still the intelligence level is not there the effort is not there you know he's a, a big pout on offense because he got fouled guy doesn't really get back not a guy who's going to defend much in isolation he, he's like semi-passable as a switch guy uh but any kind of conventional pick and roll defense coverage it's going to be massive problems for him and of course the suns have been absolutely terrible defensively all year who is your number two the guy who i'm assuming is your number one carmelo anthony and Mello has been pretty awful defensively this year. A lot of the team-based metrics don't look as bad because he plays a lot with other good defenders. I mean, Paul George and Steven Adams are overwhelmingly on the court during Mello's minutes, but that doesn't make him a good defender. That makes them good defenders. And he would have been high on the small forward list had he qualified there, but he's so bad defensively that he can't play the three anymore. So he moves to the four, not in inspiring really in any of the key capacities. And this is going to become a much, much bigger story in the playoffs. I need just can't do anything defensively he can't switch he and he also doesn't try yeah and it's not like he has like such a huge offensive load this year either that uh he just has zero lateral mobility can't get into a stance can't like jump and protect the rim at all help instincts are not great when he does get there he does the swipe and kind of move away as he swipes to look like he did something but he didn't actually uh maybe just on straight post-ups he can be okay with just his size uh he can't play conventional pick and roll defense and we've seen teams attack him so much at the end of games and they just have no way 
to deal with it whatsoever and i think the more that that happens the worse it's going to get i mean and, and now they don't have robertson anymore either so there's just fewer ways to protect him but i mean god forbid if they play the rockets in the first round which they probably won't they probably won't be eighth thankfully for them or the second round yeah i mean if they could be the four or five and win that series and face them in the second round yeah no i think and they almost should hope that it's the warriors maybe because the warriors don't play that way to attack a specific guy that often although maybe they would at the end of the game but yeah i mean it's pretty rough and especially because there's no way to get him off the floor uh because he's carmelo anthony and he should be out there uh and belize he should be out there uh yeah it's gonna be pretty tough and i agree with you it's gonna become a big story in the playoffs although maybe not that big because it's possible they'll lose in the first round in part because of his deficiencies at the end of games so my first team is zach randolph i just think zach randolph is even worse as a defender he is miscast playing more four than five because he can't really defend anybody so probably better to have him as a five but the combination of being awful in pick and roll defense not protecting the rim he do you, do you want to know for fun what his do you want to guess what his block rate is this year he does have it's a seven four span uh although yeah and so his his max vertical probably now is that plus like two inches yeah um what is his block rate uh 0.6 percent exactly yes yes i finally got you back for that one that what was the one that you guessed uh that was also six that was uh it it was drives to the basket i think oh yeah how many drives to the basket for uh oh malik monk out of the pick and roll that's what it was yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Weak Monk, also one of my honorable mentions I forgot to mention. So uh, for bad defense, because he's been pretty bad. Yeah. So I, I mean, Zebo has that. He's not, you know, even when he doesn't get a block, he's not a deterrent. Teams are shooting almost, players are shooting almost 70% on shots he contests at the rim, which is distinctly not great. And he can't really do much else. And so I, I'm, again, like with Dirk, I'm sympathetic, but that's the way it is. Yeah. And my only quibble with everything you're saying is that I think he's a center instead of a power forward. But uh, all right, that was fun. Um, we'll be back on sunday with uh I'm not oh sure i'll yet. quickly yes. I'll, I'll quickly plug real jam radio it came out with ben golver i did finish it last night because i don't sleep and uh yeah a bunch of pieces either in process or coming out for the athletic kind of previewing the offseason and then that kilpatrick one was interesting i actually had to learn a lot about the way that system worked because of the new cba yeah you're completely insane so like we i think we finished recording last night's show at maybe like you know 12 30 or something so we decided this is what we we're gonna do for today i like read for an hour went to bed at two i i wake up after sleeping for eight hours and like you're already done with your prep in the morning and like you know here we're recording at like one one o'clock and i'm like all right i i woke up i started prepping i was ready and like i'm still like i didn't even like do any not working other than sleeping and yet you're like three hours ahead of me in your prep anyway it's fucking ridiculous and i edited half of real jam radio in that time as well yeah like it's uh you <laughs> like you talk about your insomnia like it's a curse and it's like man i would love to be able to like sleep that little it was great function. when i was writing it was great when i was writing the book that you know was a godsend at that point i i've i've told the story privately but i didn't sleep more than two hours at a time for a two and a half month span when writing the book well like do you feel tired during the day sometimes not usually i'm just like i i just you know this because we've dealt with each other for a long time i just get so 
amped up by basically everything <laughs> that I think I'm just running. I'm running on an intellectual form of adrenaline. So I probably would be tired if I just, it's like a hummingbird. If I ever probably stop moving, I'd die, but I don't. So I'm okay. Well, yeah. And I guess like we're doing stuff that we're interested in, right? So it's not like, you yeah. know, if we were like working jobs. But when I did tickets, like. it was yeah. the same. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. When I did tickets, I, well, that, that was also because I had to basically be up all the time. So that was a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it is, it is certainly a benefit of doing all that kind of stuff. But yeah, if I ever had a nine to five where I didn't have any take home, it would be super weird. I don't know what I'd do with myself. I'd exercise more, which would be good. All right. Well, uh, on that note, uh, Danny's going to not sleep for this weekend. I will catch up on sleep. I will talk to y'all uh, on Sunday night till then. Thanks to Coca-Cola and Powerade for sponsoring today's program coca-cola and powerade are the perfect refreshment for watching ncaa march madness with so many games you never know what's going to happen so you got to be ready for whatever the next round brings you want to make sure your fridge isn't empty by the half so swing by walmart before every round stock up on coca-cola coke zero sugar powerade and powerade zero is my personal favorite ncaa march madness is not just one game it's a whole tournament make sure you're ready refresh every round by heading to walmart to pick up coca-cola coke zero sugar and powerade 